Uh, so how about we talk about emotional manipulation, child murder, and taboo sexuality? Oh yeah, welcome to Movie Overload Podcast. The book club movie podcast that we do sometimes where we're going through the history of cinema. We're going from... Trip to the moon. To Parasite. And everything in between. But also fuck Woody Allen. Fuck Woody Allen. And and Ryan Gosling fucks as well. Uh, he does. <laughs> um, do we... I don't think we even have any Ryan Gosling movies on the list. We've, mm. we've, I think we've checked multiple times, and I yeah. don't think we've found anything. We keep, I keep thinking about putting La La Land on there, but I'm not. I haven't decided. It's not like really important, I mean, and you're I, like, might as well put <laughs> Moonlight on there if we're gonna pick something from like 2018. <laughs> you know? I still argue we can talk about Blade Runner 2049 as kind of a tangent with Blade Runner, just a little. Oh, okay. <laughs> so we can get some. So like halfway some fucking action going then in the 80s yep until then we're just sol sol which stands for super uh olfactory lobes oh super olfactory and your smell lobes. is really good so good <laughs> but like smell. also it's a little disconcerting for people because you've developed lobes <laughs> Oh, I love your All luscious lips. Parts of my brain that are dedicated more to smell. I was in a production of well, Pride and like Prejudice. earlobe, but for your nose. Oh, I thought you meant like a lobe <laughs> of the brain. <laughs> I think that's also a thing. Yeah. But, you know, I was just thinking <laughs> you're growing earlobes on like the end of your nostrils, essentially, but it, like you, mm. you can smell better. That's wonderful. Anyway, um, I am uh, a salad grains, and you are... Salad greens? Like it sounded like you were gonna continue <laughs> that thought. You just stopped mid sentence. No, I like am I salad do. greens. Okay. What is your name? Uh salad reds. <gasps> no, uh, my name's Fuck Aiden. Make fun hunter. of my name like that. Well, that's fun. I'm sorry, salad greens. I uh I, I Okay, I hate being abused every week just because I happen to change my name a lot. Yeah, now you know how what it, you know what it feels like. To be abused a lot? To be abused on the pod. <laughs> Wait. Oh, yeah, right. I forgot. <laughs> we used to shit on you. Yeah. The weird creep in the corner who now sits on the couch like I'm a big boy with the rest of us. Hooray. It's mostly just because I'm lazy and I don't want to bring my chair out here. True. <laughs> yeah. Go laziness. Yes. Uh, and I mean, we're all together here. Yep and stuff yep. uh, we are still palindromeless yes. until the uh, next episode I think Cleo 5 to 7 yep. question mark question mark That's exclamation it. point mm -hmm. yeah <laughs> uh, and then for we'll sure, have sure. Uh, a palindrome with us again hooray next that episode. will bring balance and symmetry back to the force yeah I'm very excited I, we're gonna try to figure out how to get um, all the schedule to work and stuff because Cleo from 5 to 7 is the next movie yep Big deal. Mm. Big deal. Mm. So, 
Yeah. And we're all excited about that one, I think. So it'll be a good time. Except I haven't you. actually See, seen it before, so I'm really high there. It's really Which good. also means that I might go into it and just hate it for no reason. You might be like, oh, it didn't work for me. It's too French New Wave. And then <sighs> yeah. I'll say that you, you said know? that and you'll be like, oh, well... It's just, and then you're going to have a and long explanation for explain. it. And I'm going to feel guilty like I pigeonholed you somehow. <laughs> Half a decade ago, I mistook the French New Wave for Italian neorealism. And I've just been coming up with excuses ever since for oh, why God. I hate the French New Wave. <laughs> when really, Italian neorealism <laughs> well, is what's getting my gut. You you're know, like, yeah, Fellini fucking sucks. I hate the French different. New Wave. <laughs> you know, you just got to get those vibes going. <laughs> I yeah. always saw one Italian neorealist movie. Which one? Which one? Umberto D. Ah, oh, I think that. Yeah, I haven't seen that. Yeah, it bummed me out, and it didn't. I've only seen Rome Open City, the first one. Isn't that like basically the first Italian neorealist movie or the first big one? Basically, uh, I mean, it's cool. We didn't talk about it on the pod uh, because it it wasn't important enough for us apparently. But it was a film made. During a fascist occupation, mm-hmm. critiquing fascism, uh, and with you're some like, real shit actually. Yeah, like some of it wasn't uh, scripted. Hmm. Ah, I, mm-hmm. when you, when I were, first watched that movie, I didn't realize that was a thing, and I was like, "Why is this like? I don't. This is shot kind of weird. Like, why is it shot? Like, and then they're like, "Oh yeah, so it's actually shot during a fascist occupation." I'm like, what the fuck? They you can do that? <laughs> it was pretty amazing. You can do that. Uh, yeah. Uh, speaking of weird shit that probably wasn't allowed, but was made anyway during authoritarian rule, uh, t- this week we are talking about 1960s The Housemaid, classic of k- Korean cinema. Yeah. It's a movie that I watched. I really did. I promise, guys, I watched it. I also watched I have an I, I totally know some. I could totally list off like plot points if Top you need that oh, okay come uh, on i could say who i could say maybe who directed it i i could honestly i could so give you a top tossing 10 salad looks through the wikipedia page tossing Hunter, what did you think of the movie fuck did you did you get your did salad you? tossed <laughs> i didn't want this to come out but <laughs> the tossed the salad also like you know well. watch yes god yes yeah that's a fun movie, movie. <laughs> yeah it took me a second to remember like where my like brain was picking uh-huh. up on tossing the salad. And I was like, yeah. anyway. salad. salad greens. Salad greens. What did you Sorry. think of this movie, Hunter? <gasps> it's a wild time. Yeah. It's... You... God love that ending. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was really weird. It... But I was just like, okay. Before we describe the plot or anything that happens with the movie, uh, I need you to know that the movie ends with a PSA directed directly towards the camera about not having affairs. And that's how this movie ends. And nothing else in this movie would suggest that that is how this movie would end. True. Right. Like trying to come up with like a literal interpretation of the movie as a whole, like does not work. I think it really does just turn to the camera uh, from what I'm reading here. Yeah. Cause it's just like, it's like them talking and they're like, wow, did you hear about, that uh, guy who had an affair with his housemate, like, wow, that's crazy. And then the rest of the movie just like plays out with those characters. And then it cuts to them again at the end. And they're like, wow, that's wild. It could happen to you. So be careful. Yeah. Oh my God. Which uh, I saw, 
I did minimal research mm-hmm. uh, because I am a chump this week. <laughs> a couple weeks ago, okay. I watched five adaptations <laughs> of 12 Angry Men, but this week, really nah, did. I watched like two little docs that were included in the Criterion Channel, like, ah, that's yeah. good. That Bong Joon-ho, right. famous director yeah. of our pinnacle film, the Ooh. film that we were working towards, true, Parasite, true. Uh, came in majorly inspired by this film mm-hmm. and he, he he walks in and he's like yeah so that whole framing narrative that's like a dream thing at first i thought that it was like trying to get the weird sexual stuff behind the censors because like hmm. it didn't actually happen it was just a dream but he's like i'm not actually sure if that's the reason or if it's like some sort of like thematic statement or something so hmm. even bong jun ho esteemed Academy Award-winning director <laughs> of Parasite doesn't exactly know what the hell is up Who, with Who, by the movie. way, was very inspired by this film. And yeah. In my so. opinion, kind of uh, almost made it like, I mean, uh, like I don't know that there's a reason to watch this when all of the fun stare sequences that you could want are also in Parasite. You know what I mean? Historical yeah. uh, place... Sure. So, for your average viewer who doesn't care that much about history or that sort of thing, you can find more fun versions of this movie in all of new uh, Korean cinema. Yeah, well, that's kind of the impression I've gotten from the stuff that I've watched, is like a lot of Korean cinema seems to kind of follow down this vein of like neorealist-inspired melodrama, essentially. Yeah, well, okay, so it gets, it's, uh, there is a lot of uh, class politics, mm-hmm. nihilism, 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 and uh, capitalism, and, and nihilism in there uh, as well. bloody, 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 bloody violence. Which one are we talking about? All, of them. all of them? Just oh, kind of generally yeah, yeah. all of them as That's a general fair. concept. Like, there are some yeah. that are chill, but even like Sunny, which is like, a fun like girl coming of age movie like the main girl who wants to become a model gets def- gets like massive scars during a fight with a classmate and is unable to pursue her dreams oh. and that just happens and you're like well that's a weird dark turn in this movie and it's violent for some reason and now the rest of the movie's just happy and happy go lucky and everything like that's the very out of place. Okay. Even in the happy movies, it's still like, why did that that why did that happen? That's a bit fucked. <laughs> like uh, like uh, I don't know. Uh, giving rat poison to children. Yeah. And rat poison to people generally, but children. Yeah, it was really uncomfortable watching mm-hmm. that rat though. Oh. It's yeah, just a mouse, really. Like, that made yeah, me sad. like writhing I, and dying. It's like, oh god. I I don't know if there's actual animal dying in this movie, but po- potential I content would warning. Not it be looks like that might be the case. If yeah. it yeah. was, yeah, it seemed pretty convincing. I um, don't think that they <laughs> spent a lot of money on a puppet. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. So if you're sensitive around these things, uh, watch Parasite and skip this one. Give it, yeah. give it a little mm-hmm. skipperoonie. Um, yeah, or better yet, uh, watch um, what's what's the name of that other Bong Joon Ho movie? Why do I forget mother? all the time? Uh, 
There's a Okja. lot of those. Oh, Okja. <laughs> Okja is also good. Yeah, watch yeah. Okja. If you okay, if if that if the mouse thing yeah. dying wouldn't affect you, watch Okja. No, so if you're fine with people Shit. dying grotesquely, but you don't want to see mm. animals dying, uh, uh, Park Chan Wook's films hmm. uh, are pretty pretty solid. Um, you know, you got They're your good vegan your vengeance trilogy. But you don't like the Vengeance trilogy, do you? I love the Vengeance trilogy. You just don't like. I don't like the one old that everybody boy. likes. I, I don't like the visual style of o- Old Boy. It's a good movie. I just don't like it. I will keep this as an ongoing theme that you don't like this movie until we get to that movie. In which case, then everybody can like chide you when they like it. Yeah, you can go See, ahead. Okay, this like- is what's amazing about this podcast is that we can all berate each other for our opinions. It's mm. it's not a celebration of cinema. It's a it's a big stick in which we pass it around and beat each other with it. Yes, beat whoever doesn't like the classic piece of cinema that is very influential, or on. whoever does like it if the majority doesn't. No. Oh yes, yes. Uh, <laughs> that Tokyo Story episode turned out real God. weird, didn't it? <laughs> the martyr no, forever. I talked so much in that episode. <laughs> it's okay. Can I can I have a little bit of a spiel about? Just to open us up more into Booly the house. Go ahead. Um, so here is is something that I've I've been reading uh, from from the Criterion Current, which they just have good articles. I would love to write for them. They do. Um, I'm going. I, I don't know. I've I've had an opportunity extended to me where I I can send them an editorial pitch, and I will do so. But I might have to just heavily like I'll take what I have from my thesis and boil it down and make it mm. short and send that to them as a pitch. So that's my goal. Yes. Um, Hopefully that, that goes somewhere. However, what it does say here is, you know, we have Kim Ki-young who, who directed this movie. Mm-hmm. There's also uh, Shin San-ok, uh, Yi Man-hee. Um, this was the, the South Korean uh, cinema golden age um, in the 60s and 70s. Mm-hmm. And it was a very big deal in the country. Um, it's actually was at the time pretty much one of the most, one of the biggest uh, film scenes in the world. Um it says here uh like producing over 200 films per year during this era like there was there's a lot going on however guess what the the same issue that we run yep. into with like kurosawa and people is the the separation of eastern cinema from western cinema and in separating them it leaves critics to they only talk about western cinema and they discard eastern cinema as eastern and then just don't say anything about it yeah so this has gotten this, this has been this this wave of cinema is basically still kind of unknown well, um, and it's the, not taught in a lot of like film history classes almost it's, all it's of these directors films were lost that's uh, true as well and the yeah. housemaid was very nearly lost mm-hmm. like it, it was very hard according to martin scorsese for them to find prints to restore the movie for the criterion channel right and you yeah. can see there's still seemingly missing bits mm-hmm. yeah you know? uh frames here and there that just yeah like sometimes it just cuts weird yeah um and that that's tragic but like i think a lot of that is like the fact that you know you know your average french or italian or american film it it still survives it still exists whatever yeah but you have so many lost japanese films so many lost south korean films and these were these were big important films these were influential and they they just got they just got fucking ignored by the rest of the world and that that still pisses me off because, because we, I feel like there's so much more yeah, richness in in a lot of these films. If we don't believe films are important, we don't take the time and effort to make sure that they're preserved. Right. And so like the big people out in the West that made sure that all the old Hollywood nonsense that 
we definitely still need around is still there. You can watch so much just random racist garbage or something from the mm-hmm. 30s. It doesn't like there's there's yeah. a lot of shit in there that just isn't important. However, we don't have all of Ozu's films. Like we have like no. six or ten of his films have been lost. Like that's that's I, bonkers. I mean, part of that was the, like the war. Yeah. Right. I mean, I think it was specifically some I think it was one of Toho's buildings or something like that was like bombed. Mm. So like they lost a lot of shit. So sure stuff like that happens, but like interesting. I mean, I wonder who's <laughs> wonder who's bombing Japan. Um <laughs> Well, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh it was a world war. It was indeed. Shit was fucky. Shit was fucky. I mean, I this is a controversial take that just doesn't need to exist in our episode on the housemaid, but I'm not sure how I feel about us dropping uh dropping our <laughs> dropping nukes. Yeah, not, not, not sure about uh, it. Not, a good not sure I like it actually. It is uh I'm sure it's complicated, but also when you kind of hear about how that happened, it was like, oh, okay. They're just like, we can't tell what we're bombing right now. Just drop them anyway and come well, on back it's, home. It's it like it's the sort of thing where it's like an impossibly fucked period of history that we just kind of accept and don't really think about the moral implications mm-hmm. of because we can't seem to rationalize the fact that we might have done something absolutely atrocious while also feeling that it was likely necessary we in just some killed senses. so many more people yeah than we lost right but like we just we just murdered civilian populations and then went in and occupied the country and then forced westernization upon them and censored all of their films and done all this other stuff using that as sort of trying to understand quote 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 unquote the japanese mind in order to say well okay here's the thing this is this is our justification uh they're they're so they're so nationalistic in the way that the eastern mind works which is super fucking Mm -hmm. racist it 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 works in such a way that really that was our only option they never would have stopped fighting um if we hadn't done this and and so it was this sort of retroactive like not only are we not only did we murder you but then we occupied you and then kind of made up racist shit about how to to justify what we did and bringing that into like the, the realm of korea Mm-hmm. Like, so much of the history of modern Korea has been affected by American intervention. True. With the mm-hmm. Korean War. And also, and, to be fair, I guess Japanese intervention. Yeah. But, yeah. And massive, like, anti-communist sentiment mm-hmm. and horrific things done in the name of stopping communism from spreading. Right. Yeah. Like, one of the things uh, about the period in which this film came out was that it was a authoritarian dictatorship. Mm-hmm. And... There were a lot of strict restrictions around a lot of things. Uh, One thing that Bong Joon-ho brought up in his video was that the length of women's skirts was federally, like, mandated. Like, Hmm. you had boarding school, like, clothing guidelines imposed on a national scale. Damn. And something like this coming out, which is very open about female sexuality and about like allowing women to be sexual and mm-hmm. the that sort of relationship and everything there was very impactful. Well, in- yeah, yeah, that's what it says here is that like the 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 way that they were were so like subversive and and challenging and you know etc it it was so like beloved by the culture at the time that the military censorship like they they couldn't really censor Mm -hmm. they couldn't get away with that which Mm -hmm. is i mean to me that from the small amount small amount that i know of of uh 
Korean history, it really does seem like there's just so much weight and power behind like individual people and like the collective people Mm -hmm. as well that like they really do they and throughout history have made significant change in their country and things Mm -hmm. have really drastically changed just because of because of the people i mean if you want to see some some tragic and wow meaningful examples of that i really do recommend watching what i guess we ended up realizing was sort of a historical narrative of um a taxi driver Mm. which Mm -hmm. is i think it's on hulu right now yeah song kang ho from from parasite really good really hard to hard to watch but yeah this this dictatorship that they're living under which you know to to an extent america ends up being fine with as long as it's not communist Mm -hmm. is sort of our sort of our or, or or even socialist has been kind of the american ideals we'll install any kind of dictatorship as long as it's a dictatorship that you know maybe we can have some control over and isn't socialist um so you know america's fine with this shit to an extent but um this this is something these people have to deal with and yeah um i don't know i just think there's something very incredibly powerful about like this kind of art being able to be made under that kind of thing Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. the people were behind it enough yeah you know yeah well and i so I have some mixed feelings about like what's going on in the film because oh, from sure. like mm-hmm. looking back on a modern perspective, you're like the basic plot is a a man who is a music teacher at a factory uh, mm-hmm. is uh, uh, given a love letter by a girl, one of the girls he's teaching and he's married and he brings it to the supervisors and gets her fired. And her friend uh, comes over to his house and he's selling piano lessons to help them, uh, you know, make some more money for their uh, moving into a new house, new house that's being built up. Uh, They're moving from lower middle class up into the middle class. And, they uh the wife his wife is a bit sick and so he he asks he asks his uh piano student who's gotten a bit close with like hey can uh do you know anyone who would be willing to be our housemate and so she knows someone from the factory i presume i don't actually she's just like in a closet smoking yeah and so i don't know how she knows her but Mm. i I don't know the girl who smokes in her closet she's (laughs) like hey uh want to become a housemaid uh so she comes in first thing she does is she kills a rat with her bare hands <laughs> and the family's like this is a bit weird but chill uh and then uh the husband sends the wife off away for a long weekend the piano student hits on on the prov- uh oh so the girl he um he he scorned earlier dies mm-hmm. and the piano student uh, reveals that she was actually the one who told her friend to send the letter because she was into him. <laughs> bum, bum, bum. Want, want. And, uh, and he kicks her out. He's like, I can't, I can't have this right now. You're going to ruin my family. Uh, Although he said, come back because we yeah. need your m- money. For the <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Very big whiplash there. Yeah. Leave me. I don't want you to ruin my family, but come back for lessons. Which she does kind of. No, and then she does at one point though, right? Yeah, she, she comes, comes back, back at the end. Reason, but yeah, uh, but then the sh- focus shifts substantially because uh, the housemaid comes in from out in the rain in a dress without things under it, yeah. 
and uh, seduces the man husband person. Either gets pregnant and or pretends to get pregnant. She's legitimately pregnant, feels like. Because then there's the time skip. Of like what three months they said or something and she's like having sick she's like getting sick so i couldn't tell mm-hmm. if I think that's the thing that's so legit. the housemaid is an extremely manipulative vindictive individual <laughs> who is trying to gain complete control over this family's life and destroy their existence yeah. <laughs> she is a malevolent force of extreme manipulative powers and <laughs> I, that's, it just becomes this sort of weird mishmash of just like everyone in the movie making bad choices. Yeah. Like, (laughs) obviously like she's the one that's like more cruelly forceful. It feels like she's just Mm -hmm. like, well, yeah, I want to do this, even though that's kind of hurtful and doesn't make real sense i guess the husband spends a frustrating amount of his springtime <laughs> either strangling or hitting his female people around him he yes. doesn't do that to his daughter he, feels he, he doesn't his daughter is the only person who doesn't seem to like be yeah. a shit person yeah true yeah he uh, feels like weirdly passive though like he, he doesn't is, well, actually okay. do anything yeah okay there's a thing about that i guess in bong joon ho's uh little intro thing that he was talking through the movie I was baffled the entire time because he he walks in and he's like, so yeah, the the man playing a piano is like a symbol of that he's sort of like a wishy washy sort of like man. Like it, Korean culture is really dominated by like macho men, mm. like strong macho men, mm. and th- this is like a softer like sort of guy. But he's like a freaking brick wall. He he like. <laughs> either doesn't have emotions or he wants to kill someone like he if he's soft i don't want to meet the (laughs) sandpaper (laughs) sledgehammer of a man that is this like like height of korean masculinity i really want to show this movie to uh that person again that professor who is like you know talking about how all the eastern style of acting is so over the top (laughs) and then here we have this guy who's like representing like some some degree of like subtlety and you Mm -hmm. know uh, what like sensitivity i guess but like almost looks like a brick wall like Again, my point is there is diversity in every culture, you fuck. Yeah. <laughs> I um yeah, no, I I, I found him to tr- like be somewhat emotional and sensitive, sensitive yeah, like to the extent that like he but also not in like an admirable way. Yeah. Just like in in just a this is the guy's personality to an extent way. I was wondering the whole time if the the whole thing with the housemaid was supposed to be like karmic justice for the fact that he mm. uh basically uh drove a woman to death right i mean yeah yeah also the I, fact that like i don't think he's particularly i mean okay he's he's sensitive when he's sort of being a wreck over the fact that that happened when he's talking to his wife but otherwise he's like oh, i'm not responsible if she decided to kill herself yeah like i i did cunt. Almost think of yeah, her, like the housemate as being like 
of, of force that kind of comes to haunt the house. Like mm-hmm. just when they're like talking and then you could just hear her kind of banging on the piano from the other room. And I'm just like, Oh, that's kind of spooky. Almost. It is. Like, spooky. It's very spooky. It's just, yeah. Yeah. And I think there's, well, I assume that there, and I don't know if this is the case, but that, that made me think of like, you know, there's, there's all this distance in the house up top and mm-hmm. up, up in the, the higher rooms up the stairs, the stairs are a big symbol, whatever. It's a big yeah. Western style house. Is there, you think some sort of particular, like maybe even like, western critique there mm-hmm. in the, in the in the western style housing when when the mom at the end basically says oh i i shouldn't have oh. wanted this bigger house See. is that is that I what that's like implying? That was something that they had discussed before about where he almost kind of s- sort of blames her being like oh well if you hadn't wanted the bigger house then we wouldn't have had to worry about like more space and then we wouldn't have needed a maid so i, I think like, sort of, it's more a of a different thing i felt like less a critique but, of westernization Although I honestly don't know, it very well might be both, but also class, yeah. because they're moving to a bigger house and like the staircase, like that that the staircase is like the centerpiece of the film. Like mm-hmm. all True. the big scenes happen on or around the staircase. There's a lot of tension. There's like just a lot of staging of power dynamics. Like the housemaid lives in the room upstairs across from like the man's office, mm-hmm. which is a piano. So she's like above everyone the whole time and has that sort of state of power of them throughout the entire movie Hmm. and as as it goes on she's able to manipulate everyone more and more to the point where she can just kill their child and they won't go to the police because they're so afraid of their secret getting out and the man will get fired and they'll have to drop back down to the lower classes they won't be able to like sustain their middle class living anymore. It, it's like this terror of being dragged back down the social hierarchy yeah. as you're trying to like climb your way up the class structure. Sure. Someone uh, from like the working class will come in and just tear you right back down. Yeah, but that feels like yeah, yeah. That that definitely shows up in Parasite like pretty strongly. But I yeah. I don't know. It doesn't feel like as strong of a motivator in this film to me for some reason. Yeah, that kind of stuff felt a little more, yeah, just not as explicit, I guess. Well, so yeah. it's subtext. It's there, yeah. yeah. It, it's it's a lot of subtext. And mm-hmm. uh, a lot of the thi- one of the things that <laughs> Bong Joon-ho was bringing up in his short little 15-minute interview thing mm-hmm. was that the staircase, uh, he loved the staircase and its symbolic like nature in that sense. Mm-hmm. So you have that stuff going on. We have a plane flying overhead. Whee! You can't hear it. Well, you might be able to. You, you yeah. definitely can. <laughs> and taking a stand now. There's probably a few things on this podcast that you might be able to hear going on in the background. But it's fantastic. Yeah. Um, okay, I did a bit more reading as we were talking on mm-hmm. the preservation of film in South Korea. Mm-hmm. Obviously, some of it's yeah. like if it had if it had gained more of an international audience, mm-hmm. if if people in other countries were focusing on it, yes, there would be copies existing other places. So yes, it would have that that would have mm-hmm. helped. However. Part of the reason why they did not preserve films is because there was a particular kind of straw hat that farmers used that had a very flimsy brim. Okay? Okay. Flimsy brim. And they realized that reusing celluloid 
would make it firmer. Fuck. <gasps> it's the shoes thing from Hugo all over yeah. again. Yeah. <laughs> they melted down my my films and made them into shoe heels. God it's, damn it. it. I mean, I think that's... Pro- I wonder if that's kind of... Well, maybe that also happened with Melies. I don't know, but like, I wonder if Scorsese <laughs> got that directly from this as he was involved in the re- very well preservation of the housemaid. Because, because I know yeah, they Millie- lost so many... Apparently, 70% of films made before 1960 in South Korea are now reported Fuck. as missing. And uh, yeah, film preservation did not exist in the country before the 1990s. Uh, so any like old, considered uh, worthless celluloids after it had made its theater run would get chopped up and literally put into straw hats. So that's what happened there. Fuck. Sad. Yeah. Obviously, that would have still happened but we would have had a lot more of the significant yeah. films if anyone had been paying attention to South Korean cinema. So I still put the blame partially on. Yeah. And I think that um, someone who does a really good critique of this uh, is Mitsuhiro Yoshimoto um, has a book called, uh, I bet you couldn't guess, Kurosawa um, <laughs> and the, the uh, Japanese cinema. Um, you, you and it's, it's a broader, it's a 50 book? pages on wow, the critique of, of this sort of Eastern Western dichotomy in a mm. lot of scholarship and in a lot of film mm. theory, um, specifically, obviously talking about through the lens of Japanese cinema being very instrumental in actually the creation of film theory. A lot of Kurosawa's films, mm. a lot of other films were, were very key to really figuring out what this medium is yet. They were often ignored and expelled and considered, you know, Eastern and then, you know, obviously Western films just continue to exist. So I, I still, I still put the blame partially on, on the Western critics, on yeah. the people that I was, you know, having such a good time with uh, last episode, uh, Truffaut and, and all of these people oh, who were involved in this, this kind of... It's, it's almost like you have to reconcile your love for the French New Wave and your knowledge that their ideas fucked us so hard. Some ways, some ways. In some ways, some of their ideas there did fuck us over. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm sure, I'm glad that we can really appreciate Jean Renoir and I guess mm. Howard Hawks, even though I feel like nobody talks about him anymore, was somebody mm. that everybody talked about back then. Uh, you know, I, I'm appreciative of all of this. I, I like these films. Um, but I don't like that that's to the exclusion of all of the other films I really like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know? Um, it's it's disappointing sifting through a lot of scholarship from, you know, anywhere from the 60s to the 80s and half the time that they're trying to talk about Kurosawa, they're just talking about Japanese-ness. Mm. And it and it just being like, well, this is what about Kurosawa? This is too ill defined. Yeah, exactly. Mm. That's yeah. the point. Well, we can't talk know. about Kurosawa in the context of Japanese cinema when we're just saying, well, uh, Kurosawa is a very Western uh, Japanese director. Why? Uh, I, I don't know. Ozu is the most Japanese of Japanese directors, and Kurosawa is the most Western of Japanese directors. And meanwhile, Kurosawa's out here being like, I don't know what's Western about my... He's like, I, th- I thought I was the most Japanese director. <laughs> uh, and, and there's just... there's That's not considered. That's not reconciled. I mean, Kurosawa's uh, forward to um, the, one of the biggest books on Kurosawa scholarship uh, mm-hmm. by Donald Ritchie. He just says, uh, I really appreciate the kind of, of in-depth look that Ritchie has. I disagree with most of what he says, <laughs> but I think that this amount, oh. this, this in-depth study... Uh, is important and i wish that you know japanese readers could could read it too or something mm. like that that's what mm. he said but yeah but essentially this idea of like oh, i don't i don't think kurosawa liked a lot of the the conversation around him and mm. i he didn't think it was fair but 
but this is part of the this is part of the deal when you have very few Japanese critics. And actually, the study this is a, this is very key and comes back to my my point of why I'm sort of not happy with with Western scholarship on on film is uh, part of the occupation fetishized Japanese art hmm. and Japanese writing in a very specific way to to highlight the traditional stuff, right? Which meant that like modern literature didn't get really appreciated and mm. and and film didn't get appreciated it got those things did not get included in like japanese studies right like mm. we have english studies mm -hmm. um that's that's that was segregated japanese studies you're going to be covering the classics and that's it mm. the field still hasn't really developed to be able to include film or anything written in like the 20th or you know even mm -hmm. 19th centuries that's that's not there um, because wow. you have to keep the essential Japanese-ness of it or else you, you lose the attention, um, the small amount of attention that you get uh, yeah. in, the, in academia. So it, it is academia that's really done a number on a lot of this yeah. shit, um, which is gross. I love obviously. that Orientalism. That's, that's essentially all that this ah. is. Um, uh, <laughs> and it, it is upsetting, right? Because we can't talk about, it's hard to talk about kurosawa in any conversation without it being about well is he eastern is he western what about the fact that he likes john ford doesn't that conflict with the fact that he's japanese why would it conflict with the fact that he's jap you know what i mean yeah. like bong joon ho likes martin scorsese and yeah that doesn't mean that bong joon ho isn't south korean like it or it shouldn't mean that i don't know if that's what people are saying but i wouldn't be surprised <laughs> at this point you know yeah it's yeah. it's weird because you can see there are a lot of inf influences on uh, new Korean cinema or mm -hmm. the South Korean new wave. It's had a, a number of different names. Uh, and you can see bits of where like uh, the handmaiden has impacted uh, specific films. Mm -hmm. The housemaid. <laughs> Sorry, I was going to say, it's like, yeah, the, ha the handmaiden is a different. The ha handmaiden <laughs> is uh, a Park Chan-wook movie. Uh, a very good one. Yes. Um, but, I mean, there are elements of this film in, like, uh, Kim Ji-woon's uh, A Tale of Two Sisters, mm -hmm. which, like, a lot of the different relationships and focus on these uneven power dynamics just are more present, present in a lot of the Korean cinema I've seen, sure. as opposed to, like, American cinema or something like that. Mm -hmm. They... At least half of the bleakest fucking movies I've ever seen have come out of South Korea. <laughs> like there, yeah. the guy who did like uh, Train to Busan, a, like a zombie movie, kind of sad. He made animated films before that, and he made this movie called The Fake, which is oh my goodness! It's it, it's like a kind of stilted animated movie. And you're like, I don't know if I can get into this. And then it just rips your soul into pieces. <laughs> oh, it's it's a care it's it's a movie. It's the only movie I've ever seen where every single character, almost every single one of the main characters, is one of the most horrible people you've ever met, hmm. except for the people that are there so that they can get abused by those characters. And the whole point of the movie is I think the best I can tell is to get you to admit that someone can be right, correct, without actually be doing a good thing. Hmm. 
that movie is thoroughly fucked on every level. And I was thinking about it when uh, people were drinking rat poison and shit, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. It, it, it's just that, that vibe. We don't, I don't know why. Is it just because like American cinema is so much more like commercialistic? Because even like bleaker movies that come from around our area are like Prisoners by Denise Villeneuve. I love it. <laughs> and like, you get some stuff from Europe. You get, yeah, yeah but there's certain kind but, of bleak. like, like I feel like sad, stereotypical Western sad movie. If we're separating, I, which we again, I just argue yeah. that maybe we shouldn't separate it like that anyway. Yeah. But but a more commercial version, at the very least, of of sad movie that makes it to the Oscars is um, Life Is Beautiful, right? Which is like kind of funny kind of sad has sad things but is overall redemptive that feels like kind of a staple of yeah. what at least i grew yeah. up with even though okay that movie feels significantly more messed up to me it's than the, movies it, yeah. that just admit that they're messed up that's true instead of like trying to make the most horrific things that have ever happened in humanity like kind of a light-hearted like story of perseverance mm-hmm. like yeah I, I, that's you reach some sort of level where you you get that like tonal unbalance. Yeah, you need the depression to be uplifting instead of just letting it be depressing sometimes. And I, it is. Yeah, I don't know. It is. I think it's annoying. I think it's frustrating at times. Mm. And I appreciate that a lot of Korean cinema that I've seen doesn't feel the need to do that. Um, it's good. It's good. Mm. Um, but it's also. Is, uh, sorry, this is a bit of a transition, and now I've called it out, so it's not a transition anymore. Um, <laughs> but, but like, this was this this style, this specifically this movie um, became kind of a legend because of because of its remakes, as we were mm. yeah. talking about before we started recording. Maybe. Of yeah, Firewoman and Firewoman eighty two, apparently. Um, were were available in Korea even though the housemaid was kind of lost hmm. um and the young young filmmakers like you know presumably your your Bong Joon-ho's mm-hmm. and etc were were interested with the remakes they really liked it and they wanted to see the original um eventually in 1997 this became a reality people could watch it hmm. and they were really into it and then um eventually you know the english prince whatever it became a thing. It became kind of in vogue at different um, like film festivals to, to show this movie. And then that's ah. kind of how it grew. I can't remember how that connected to what you were saying, but it mm-hmm. definitely did in my brain. Yeah. So sure. no. And uh transition from that, this movie <laughs> has some sexy, sexy tracking shots, baby. <laughs> it does. Oh, y- you got, you got this terrace across the upper floor yeah. mm-hmm. and there's a little walkway between the housemaid's room and the office and you get so many sexy, sexy tracking shots right across, right across that little balcony there. Good. That made me so. also want to call out and appreciate that shot at the very end where they pull through the window. Yeah. And you can kind of see the cut, but I still like it. They do some good it's, shit. It's yeah. Yeah. I really like liked that they went for it. 
Yeah, they, I mean, even with the 400 Blows, like the, just watching these two movies, like, you know, relatively close together, it was nice mm-hmm. to appreciate, like, oh man, we're really getting to a point in which the movies that we're covering are specifically standing up for, like, really trying to do some more, like, inventive and fun things with mm-hmm. the way that they're filming. Yeah. yeah. Um, which is, which is kind of my shit, you know? I don't it's cool. really like very, I mean, I don't want to spend my entire time ragging on Hollywood movies, but, like, <laughs> feel like 12 Angry Men stands out in the way that it's shot, but mm-hmm. most other ones, especially ones that we've covered, like, you know, the star is born, et cetera. Like, they just kind of move. They just kind of are what they mm-hmm. are. And it's not very particularly exciting. Obviously you could argue that like the, the sepia to color of Wizard of Oz is exciting, yeah. but it's not filmed in a particularly pleasant way to me, in my opinion. They do some cool stuff like to, because they couldn't, actually transition they just painted her sepia that's fun no okay that's the that's the specific scene that i was thinking of that that felt like it was was meaningful and cool other than that i don't know how i feel about it Mm -hmm. i think a lot of stuff is just you know filmed on a set filmed kind of cheap and you can tell that like the house in this movie is like you know a set house like there's there's some flimsiness maybe to to the set design in my opinion it it kind of felt that way um but not Mm. in a way that like took away from it like it was it felt kind of part of the style of almost feeling claustrophobic in this house you're, you're you, there's a sense of you almost feeling kind of trapped in this place that feels like it's at least to me feels like it's falling apart it seems emotionally as well as maybe with the actual design of the house feeling a little bit sketchy in that way like like the specifically i'm thinking of like some of the the texture on the walls some oh yeah things like that just well, feeling it's, kind it's of a really unsettling. weird texturing on the wall yeah uh, along the staircase it's like these like sharp angular patterns but they're mm-hmm. they're textured like they're covered with like that weird popcorn ceiling stuff that yeah that you used to have in your bedroom and you shove into your face if you had a bunk bed or something yeah, yeah. good times me and like well it is interesting that the first time that you see the house, it's kind of in shambles because it's still yeah. being built. Yeah. And you never really feel like it, like the next time you see it, it's not like, oh man, look at it, it's all polished and cleaned up. It's just kind of feels like a lot of that has been shuffled aside. I, I don't know how to describe it, but like the first vision of the house, seeing it as this like kind of disheveled place that's being constructed doesn't give you a lot of like, confidence in the architecture that feels like a very weird thing to say that i would try to like explain in a you know 10 page essay or something like that and would very loosely grasp at strings to try to prove why i felt like that but Mm. i don't know that's my thought on that it's very claustrophobic and very uncomfortable and i don't feel safe in that house especially with everybody falling off of the stairs all of the time constantly just just opening all the drawers i love how every time they look for the rat poison they open all the drawers up to yeah. the third drawer, even though it's always in the third drawer. But also all of the drawers open in the same direction. Yeah. Which is like particularly notable because oh. I don't feel like yeah. many drawers that I've ever, in any houses I've ever lived in, yeah. do that. They're like mirrored drawers. Really pairs, yeah. Yeah, they're Although, weird cabinets. And it's unsettling as well because most of those cabinets, when you open them, are like mostly empty. Yeah. It, everything about it feels c- scary. That I don't know. That reminded me too, they shoot from inside the cabinet. Yeah, times. they do. Yeah, cool, yeah. I think about it. It's it's not because cool. like we're kind of honestly we're we're used to like seeing that kind of shot, yeah, but like like modern movies in modern like, movies, but before whatever. that, like yeah. I don't yeah. think any 
I don't think we've watched anything that does that. Some fun things. Yeah. Um, Okay, so back to... Sorry, I don't mean to cut back straight to this, but, you know, it starts getting played around a a few, you know few different film festivals he's kind of becoming a big name again he's he's well he's kind of being seen in in the west and it's yeah. you know sort of a thing he gets invited to berlin for a retrospective of his work in 1998 what? and Fun. he died a few days before oh oh Jeez. that's sad yes oh, I'm sad. his house was on fire that's how he died oh. set off by a short circuit oh. ah yes Yikes content warning i guess yeah <laughs> the, the article literally just says a bizarre ending even for a man whose vision was as uncanny as kim's hunter in like, the okay. future when editing this video put some <laughs> content warnings at the beginning i guess we so. have uh, sad times at the sexual El content sort of uh suicide and oh, a man. director burning alive in his house <laughs> yep sure Fuck. Yeah. I was thinking like, a few it, days it, before he attended like, the first major retrospective of his work. Fuck. Yeah. I do highly recommend this article. We'll put it in the description sure. though. Um the house made crossing borders on the the Criterion Current is good. Cool. There's lots of good information. Speaking of like talking about people dying, I was thinking like I tried like going through a list in my head of like the people that died in this movie and like if you just line them all up, it's like it's kind of shocking. Because mm. what is it? Is it just like death, miscarriage, murder, abortion? No. Wait, sorry. I said, were you talking about said, this movie? I said, yeah. But I mean, that's abortion, not miscarriage. Same difference in this case, maybe. I no, I she's. I couldn't tr- tell if it was intentional. She's abor- no, that yeah, it was intentional. She's the one who okay. was told to kill her kid, so she jumps off the stairs oh, well. to kill her. I needed to yeah. watch that scene again because I was like, oh, I didn't get that okay, that scene. Yeah, no, that's oh, well, why that that I knew yeah. that was what they said. Actually, oh, yep. Though. So, um, yep. Was Wait, that? That's, did you guys miss that's that? a thing. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, yeah. I, I missed. Yep. I missed that. That I was what was happening. Yeah, that's what the mom was telling her to do. Yeah, yeah. I got more positive vibes off of the mom scene than I was supposed to. Um, and then, yeah, and then murder again, and then mm-hmm. a nice little double suicide. Murder suicide? Mm-hmm. Then we're good. I guess double suicide. It's under duress. He goes with it. Yeah. Oh, well. But also, uh, technically speaking, <laughs> nobody dies in this movie because yeah. it was all a dream. <laughs> yeah. And then we get a PSA directly towards the camera. Where he just he just turns, he just looks at the camera and he's yeah. like, oh, you, you men are horny. Even you sh- who yeah. are shaking your head, you know you're horny. <laughs> you know you're so horny. You know you want your house made for the sex, but don't do it. Ha 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 ha! And then he does just laugh, and it's so unsettling. <laughs> Honestly, the the ending of that movie is more unsettling than how horrifying everything that happens in it is. Um, but yeah, no, that's why the entire time she's like, you know, my kid deserved to live too. It wasn't like she was distraught over a miscarriage. It was like I was, like, in duress and kind of coerced into aborting my child, <laughs> which I think is significantly darker. Personally, yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, which is also why she'd kind of have it out for the wife. Mm-hmm. Although, okay, I don't, because of how manipulat- manipulative she was through the rest of the thing, I never was entirely sure if she was actually pregnant or if she was like faking oh. pregnancy mm. through the whole thing to like 
gain control over the family. Oh, no, she was definitely pregnant. I think so, yeah. That I mean, in my reading, I mean, like, what, didn't the, the police, did she, she got taken to... Oh, yeah, there were doctors or something. Yeah. Came in no, but that was the like, mother. She, she lost the baby, yeah. They, oh. Somebody else confirms that she lost. Yeah, yeah. Oh. yeah. No, I think it, I think I it think was confirmed okay. in the in the context of the film. Yeah, um, yeah. Anyway, so this movie's a lot. <laughs> also, uh, a squirrel dies off screen. Yeah. A pet squirrel. True. Oh, I, I forgot the squirrel died. Squirrel yeah, I know. Died. How did it? Wait, how did it die again? Well, so the said. the girl said that it. Uh, my squirrel's dead, and it's implied that the housemaid poisoned it with her uh, poison. Yes. Oh, and the poison. Tragic poison for the rat. A, a, a lot of it people drinking rat. rat poison. Uh, it, it, it's rat poison. It's enough no, to say. They keep, I, think I it's don't funny want rat poison. They in keep my thinking house. that the squirrel is a rat, and then it's a squirrel, which is the funny mm. bit. But it's also not a squirrel. It looks like a chipmunk to me. It's true. It it looks it well. It's probably like a ground squirrel. Oh yeah. Yeah. Wait, well, aren't ground squirrels big though, or are they small? No, that they're varying sizes. It's just oh, that their okay. tails are are small. You're the Boy Scout, I guess. You would know. Yeah, it looks a bit like a golden mantle ground squirrel, but it isn't because I don't think those are native to Korea. Well, we don't knows? really know what Korean wildlife looks like. We don't really know what Korean cinema looks like. We don't know what Korea <laughs> looks like. We could have been giving honestly grotesquely are... misinformed information through this entire podcast. Hey, I mean, I trust some of my sources, but I also don't know everything. And also, I don't know if my sources know everything. And also, once again, we must acknowledge that borders are social constructs. <laughs> yeah, but there are differences in culture. There are differences in culture, yes. that we need to understand. But like, what is Korean wildlife? Wildlife native to Korea? Korea yeah. A social construct? A, 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 tr- I mean... Geography. Yeah. Okay, but also <laughs> yes, but is it specifically uh, native to Korea or is some alligators of this, like, not being existing nat- in like you know yeah, maybe this is getting parts of China? Like, I mean, some I of this wildlife know. must exist in other places. This yeah. is the, you can well, cut we this know out. there are squirrels in Korea no because there's a squirrel <laughs> in Korea in this movie, <laughs> and the father gives it to his daughter. Well, he says it's a squirrel, but is that translated from something else? Is that trying to make it for the Western audience? Oh, here's this, a similar enough animal. I'm gonna search what is the squirrel. <laughs> okay, so while we figure out what if the squirrel in the housemaid uh, is actually a squirrel, um, the squirrel is given know. to the daughter. Because the daughter uh, is what has some sort of all uh, that comes up is girl squirrel. Or something like that. What yeah. is girl squirrel from 1963's feature film, The Sword in the Stone? <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> yeah, that's all that comes no. up when I search. What is the squirrel in the house made? <laughs> God. It's almost as if no one else has ever thought to ask this question <laughs> before. See, people say uh. that every piece of information is available on the internet. <laughs> I think those people don't ask enough questions because I run into walls on the internet often. Mm-hmm. Agree. Very often. There are t- 10 films in the last week I have wanted to see that are not available on the internet. Our world is broken. <laughs> it's true. Yes. Yeah, no, there's, there's, some, there's some rough, rough patches on, on, in life. I guess I'll say. I'm sorry <laughs> for your loss of not loud? finding that film. I'm sorry. Oh, no, I think we just have the volume too loud anyway. I'm realizing that my ears are doing the, like, I'm going to go deaf thing. You should turn it down. Yeah, I think I should turn it down. Do it.
Okay. Somebody. And well, oh, uh, Salad Fingers turns down the volume on the <laughs> headphones. <laughs> we can talk salad about fingers. I had to watch all the Salad Fingers videos with Keely the other day. You had a great time, didn't you? It's okay. It's all right. It's, there's yeah. some. There's some okay stuff in there. They're fine. Yeah. I like how I've been just just insulted constantly on this episode. <laughs> Here I am, just trying to bring You're no salad fingers. Yeah. Thank yeah. goodness. Yeah. yeah. Four two. Wait. What? I did think that the squirrel cage was really cool. That struck me because it's like, it's a cage, but on either end, it yeah. has like two little wheels incorporated with it. And like the squirrel's always running on the wheels because even though you've imprisoned him, he isn't going to get weak. He's not going to become a weak squirrel. Yeah. Isn't kinda, it fun to have a dad who gives like his, his daughter who has trouble with walking. She uses crutches. I don't, yeah. it's not fully know. explained. Like, what her thing is but he's like no you can do better yeah it's kind of yikes remember the squirrel and it dies she doesn't die Hooray. yes salad green oh no we spoiled the whole movie oh, no. the little girl with crutches doesn't get murdered <laughs> one of two the- survivors <laughs> Because yeah. it was all a dream anyway. But also, one of the only one, uh, the only person in the film who doesn't do anything really shitty, deserving True. of some kind of backlash. Yeah. Like even the the brother, man, uh, that, that brother sucks, dipshit. I mean, he's constantly making fun of his sister for being quote crippled. That's not good. Just don't. Uh, and then the father punishes him by having him hold his hands up in the yeah. air for an extended period of time. <laughs> Doesn't really do much. Okay. Oh, like, have you tried holding your hands up? In oh the air no, for an I mean, I'm, sh- I'm. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying he continues to be a dipshit anyway. Oh yeah, no, yeah, yeah. no. You uh, small children are bad. Uh, strong small children who are amab in a patriarchal society <laughs> tend to be fuckheads. Oh no. Yeah. Oof. I am saying this as an AMAB individual yeah. who's raised in a patriarchal society Indeed. and was for many years Indeed. a massive fuckhead. Many say Ooh. I still am. Boo. Disagree. But yeah. Um, did we want to talk about at least the one remake or did we have other things to talk about? Well, There's oh, the 2010 remake. Do you have the info on the remake? I read... A plot synopsis for the 2010 remake, since that one seems to be the most like direct correlation. So, is the plot synopsis just the plot of this movie again? Mm, no, oh. surprisingly, it actually has what? a decent amount of variation. Um, That's fun. Yeah. So, like, I mean, the other ones that he made, the the Fire Woman or Woman of Fire or whatever mm-hmm. ha- you have you, um, seem like they're pretty similar. I didn't read the whole synopses of them, but it seems kind of the same but also they're on like a chicken farm or something but he's still like a composer i don't know they're shot in color uh the sex scenes are shot with red light and the death scenes are shot with blue light apparently interesting cool yeah intriguing well yeah well i guess you know there's also one that got made in 2010 by a different director yeah. And it kind of leans more into the class thing, I guess. So the, ah. the family is very explicitly like living in a mansion. It's very like upper class, whatever. Yeah. And Cho is like an existing like head maid that they already have. Mm. And then they get 
the new maid on who's like hanging out and oh they have in the article here hired as an au pair au pair for au pair. the mother who's pregnant with twins fun times Hooray. Mm-hmm. I'm going to forget some of the details, so I'm looking back over it now. Uh, I don't know how I guess they get there, but kind of the same thing ends up happening. The maid has sex with the husband and mm. is caught by Cho, the other maid. Oh. And then she's like, so did you do it? Like, are you pregnant? Like, what's happening? And she's like, what? I don't know what you're talking about. So she tells the wife, who then also goes to her and is like, do not have baby. But I guess the the wife's mom is also involved, who's also wealthy. Mm-hmm. And they start like trying to like arrange ways for her to like accidentally miscarry because she wants to keep the baby. Huh. <laughs> and there's um what was it? Huh. Oh. Uh there's something arranged where she uh ends up falling from a ladder positioned at the top of stairs and then is dangling from a chandelier and they have to like, uh, oh, she falls and suffers a concussion, but still keeps the baby for the time being. It sounds significantly more convoluted. Yeah, there's which, some more, although I guess it's shorter. I don't I hate too. because one thing we haven't brought up yet is that uh, while this movie is good, the second act does drag a mm, bit. Yeah. Before it really, it has the setup, and then it has more setup, and then some dead air happens, and then it really kicks into high gear in like the last 40 minutes. Yeah, that's pretty good. Uh, Looks like in the remake, keep going there. I guess she's like slowly poisoned through like medicine packets that she drinks every day. And is like still planning on keeping the baby, and it just says she succumbs to the effects of the poison, and they arrange an abortion without her consent. So I'm assuming that she's unconscious or something. And so they abort the baby, like yeah, with her her dealing with it. So then she's you know up and about again, and is like, what the fuck? Why did you take my baby away from me? But then the wife has had her twins, uh, and she's like, maid Uni is pissed and apparently after recovering the uh the couple comes home and finds her breastfeeding one of their children holy shit yeah um they try to get the other maid to get her out and she refuses and quits on the spot uh then the uh maid uh confronts the family hangs herself from the chandelier and lights her body on fire so, so it's a very so different cool. movie. Yes. And then Sounds this just says the final scene depicts the family outdoors in the snow celebrating the daughter's birthday all speaking English and they sing happy birthday and they give her a glass of champagne and it says both appear insane as she looks on. <laughs> so anyway, kind of different. <laughs> huh. I'm kind of curious to see it. it is it seems kind of mixed like the letterbox average is like 3.0 on that one. So like I don't know. I don't know if it's worth it. But it kind of reads to me as, uh, from the plot summary, something like The Perfection, mm. where it's just like oh, yeah. a lot, mm-hmm. and it's like doing a lot of like 
taboo stuff and it's just kind of gonna work for some people and some people are gonna think that it's a bit too much and it's kind of silly yeah because it's so much or some people might be like no right like it's good yeah it does seem like maybe it's trying to make some effort to lean more into like the classes like side like it kind of takes at least some of the blame off of the housemaid like Mm -hmm. she's not seeming like an antagonistic force throughout the whole thing from what i gather except for just you know the bit of the affair in general but like i don't know it's doing some weird different stuff like it, it, it moves away from like the woman scorned tetris yeah. femme fada- fatale yeah for sure angle that the 1960 version was going for. right it's like she did you know they do a bad thing but then it's just like yeah everyone else like harassing her and then you know until she loses her baby because of them and then her kind of taking revenge i guess yeah, yeah. but not but not really i guess <laughs> I don't know. It's hard to tell without actually having seen the movie, I guess. Whatever. Yeah. I, I was looking around. I don't actually know where yeah. to watch it. I don't know either. As with a lot of movies that are not from uh, English-speaking countries, mm-hmm. it's harder to find. True. <laughs> In America, at least. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, I don't know what else to think we've... How long are we running here? Probably up there. Seven hours, forty-two minutes, Whoa. three seconds, four seconds, five seconds. Yeah, we're about, we're you know, we're 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 about wrap up time. I think. Um, I don't think I have any more details. Do you guys? I don't think so. Where does this fall for you on on the the, you know, enjoyment level? I guess in comparison to other stuff that we've covered. Uh, it's kind of kind of again just middle of the middle of the pack. It's yeah, like, it's pretty solid. It was mm-hmm. decently enjoyable, just because again, like it is pretty unpredictable and like there's just mm-hmm. wild crazy things that start happening you know it's like, so for that it was all right but again it's like it didn't feel just not personally special i guess yeah there's definitely stuff that i enjoyed but I, it drags a lot mm-hmm. in the second act or the there were not, i mean just kind of and up until like the main ending bit yeah was, it's it just long. didn't for sure yeah it, you could have probably cut 20 minutes out yeah. of it imo mm-hmm. but i don't know anything I, uh, my my rate, my feeling of this movie, mm-hmm. stepping on someone's shoes, no, no socks. Ooh. Uh, shoes. That's a shot in this movie. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah not a fan. She uh, takes off True. her dress mm-hmm. and steps on his shoes <laughs> with no socks and then clasps her hand behind his back then lightning strikes a tree to imply the sex <laughs> that's a detail only tarantino would remember what the sh- the, sh- the socks thing i didn't remember until you i just <laughs> i just remember watching that scene and then when she like slips her shirt or dress or whatever off and then that's the moment where he seems to like he's like no no i'm not going to oh. and i was like oh no yeah, the man falls to the boobies. <laughs> he reaches, he like reaches for it to oh, like yeah. grab her, and then she just pins his hand yeah, under like her. He's totally her arm. touching the other. I was see. Okay, you guys took out different things from that scene. I was just like <laughs> focusing on what the fuck. How did they make the lightning look so good? Yeah, that's all that's I thought good. about. That's good. That's good. But okay. <laughs> I just I have silly thoughts. I have I I have the little I have the stick out 
Stop being horny. <laughs> Bonk. The horny <laughs> yeah. yeah. I wasn't the horny one. He was. Uh, okay. Yeah, no. Okay. I. This is well within my, my, my area of uh, horny kind of distressing movies. That's your, that's your genre, but somehow yeah. Woman in the Dunes didn't work for you. I well, Never live that one down. It, I, I, I get the feeling that that's one of those movies that you just have to sit with until it works with you. <laughs> and I just, I didn't give it enough time. Oh, you didn't watch it all the way through? I, no, because I, uh, I sometimes can't watch anything. And that was one of those movies that I put on in sequence with five other movies who I only watched the first oh, 15 minutes of. Okay, I was under the impression you just didn't like it. Okay. No, I just haven't, I haven't had the vibe for it yet. Gotcha. Okay. I still have the Criterion uh, DVD sitting on top of my old CRT television yes. with my uh, multi-region DVD player. Yes. Awesome. Yes. Where I watch all oh, my... Uh, love it. Non-region <laughs> DVDs. Yeah. Beautiful. Thank you. Wonderful. Marvelous. Amazing. Fantastic. Uh, oh. Middle of the road, good time movie that I appreciated. Fun for the whole family. It is. It if is your a... family is 18 years or older <laughs> and have not suffered any physical or psychological abuse issues that might be triggered by watching something like this. I guess so. Yeah, yeah it's, it's hard to watch. Yeah, sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Oof, some wild stuff. I was going to say, it's sort of a... Staircase abortion. Uh, yeah, well, it's kind of a forerunner of perhaps movies we like more. Indeed. Oh, for sure. For, for sure. Movies, for sure. So. Although I did find myself thinking about this in, in light of like something like Sunset Boulevard and being like, mm. oh, there's some similarities yep. there. And and this might be a surprising instance of which, you know, not a big fan of like, I don't think Sunset Boulevard really wows me with the way it's shot or anything like mm. that. But like, man, does the, does the like super noir epicness mm -hmm. of that movie just like really vibe with me yeah mm. i don't know i think i might like that one more even though they're obviously very different films mm -hmm. but i like what the housemaid inspired more yeah yeah check out so, the ranking list to see the result woo and i think we probably have those linked on our websites maybe we don't um uh, movieoverloadpod.com you can find us also on twitter <laughs> movieoverload underscore uh movieoverloadpod i think on instagram mm -hmm. Uh, we got, you know, just all the links on the things we're on anchor. So we're on all of your different podcast streaming yeah. services. We're on YouTube and we're on Patreon. Thank you to our one and only best friend in the universe who <laughs> I think makes honestly probably is the reason why gravity still works. Probably did, probably uh, did something like that. Um, yeah. thank you to Silas. Uh, we love you. And if by some miracle, some other patron has come on oh. uh, between the time when we recorded this episode, we're recording while you're listening to it. And when you are listening to it, <laughs> just uh, in that, that span of <laughs> millilite sex Whoa. of things, True. uh, we are sorry we haven't gotten around to you yet. Mm, but we will. Yeah, just, we will. Just you wait a half a second. Boop, 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 boop. And if you'd like a shout out. Oh, wait, let me check the Patreon. Just right. <laughs> let us just a shout out. <laughs> you're going you're gonna to log on. You're going to see we now have 300 patrons. <gasps> We're going to have to Oh, my gosh. Thank you to Mindy. Uh, Mindy St Stevenson. Uh, Mindy Stevenson. <laughs> what? I, is, I don't believe is you. Is that a person? I don't. Mindy Stevenson, 
Dot-com. I don't believe you. 100 Days, Mindy Stevenson. <laughs> oh, we don't need Dan Harmon energy going on here. We don't need that. <laughs> All right, I'm done. Oh, boy. I'm done. Okay. Thank you for so, listening. Get out of here. Go uh, watch movies. As we say at the end of every episode of the movie... You could just say that all men are beasts. Uh, I wasn't going to say that. I was going to say my favorite line. Oh, dang oh, it. What is your favorite line? <laughs> I like mine better. Yours is better. It is. Be- well, yeah. I was going to say, I like it when he said, come on, my boy. <laughs> all men are beasts. The end. All men are beasts. Uh, wow. AMAB. Wowie. Yeah. AMAB. What? AMAB. Oh my yeah. Oh shit. Yeah. Fuck off, listeners. <laughs> <laughs> That's how we gain a, a consistent right. listener base. I'll give them money. Aggressive confrontationalism <laughs> with leave. our target audience. I'm sorry. <laughs>